Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that you are all loving a little or loving a lot, I hope, trying your best, being hopeful with a full and ever-loving heart. Because sometimes we need to be reminded that life is so beautiful. Amongst all the things that go on in this world, there is still the sun and the moon that come out every morning and every night. And so, as with us, as long as we have breath, we have life. And we must remind ourselves of this, really, at least a few thousand times in the day, because every breath has something beautiful to bring to us. We just have to have that awareness that we are this unfolding miracle that is happening right now in the world. Now, I have an extraordinary lady today, and it's something that I have looked forward to for quite a while. And that is this wonderful and lovely being called Ruth Hummingford. Ruth is the founder of Sound Hoppers, as well as being a sound and music therapist and also a practitioner. She found that working with the voice and encouraging others to explore their creative sides and overcoming fear around self-expression, one of the most important aspects of her work. Her life is immersed in music and she uses a number of healing modalities in multiple ways to help people. She offers opportunities for people to explore themselves in various ways, such as singing groups, dance explorations through shamanic trance and sound journeys. Ruth has many years of experience in group work for all ages and all abilities. And this has led her to gain a deeper knowledge and also to trust in the power of vibration to find the places where we may be stuck and release our emotions, past stories and all our fears. Particularly through her continued work with The Voice, Ruth has a way of encouraging even the most shy and reluctant singers to find their own path. 
to enjoy their own unique tones and share them without the pain and difficulty of old self-judgment patterns. She is such an interesting lady, as you will find out. And today, she shares her incredibly fascinating life journey. Welcome, dear Ruth. Oh, thank you. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Oh, for a beautiful lady. Thank you so much for joining me today. Mm, Pleasure. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. The weather's amazing. It feels like spring, which is quite strange. It's January, but I'm rolling with that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not complaining. No. (laughs) It is. Spring seems to be somehow on, I don't know, on the wing of a prayer of a bird, it seems. I heard the birds this morning and I thought... It sounds like spring, although, as you said, it is January. But there was something sort of, I don't know, twinkling in the air Mm. that sort of, Mm. uh, I don't know, like a hopeful sign for sure. Yeah, I was going to say hope. Yeah, we were on the same uh, place. I I was just going to say there was something of hope, is something of hope in the air today. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, Ruth, you do so many wonderfully interesting things to help everybody out there. I say that Mm. everybody, nature, people, beings, everything in creation, I would say. But tell us a little bit about yourself and where it all began, this journey of healing, Mm. I would say. Um, well, I, it, I began, uh, I was very shy, but I discovered when I was around about age eight, nine, 10, 11, more around 10, that I could um, play music that was kind of just coming from within myself, music that I composed, not necessarily um, held on to and kept, but just in the moment, enjoying that with piano and guitar and um, when I got my first guitar when I was 11 I started writing songs immediately but I am I am not a willing performer (laughs) so in a way I can cut forwards a few years from there and say that that journey led me to being asked from time to time especially when I became a mum myself to do singing groups for children. And even though I am not a willing performer, that didn't feel like performing, especially as I was within the, I guess you could say the very safe realm of lots of little children. (laughs) And so it gave me, um, I suppose you could say it spurred me on. It gave me some confidence around this is a skill, not, oh, this is just this little old thing that I do, but this is a skill. And from there, it took many years, actually, of lots of different kind of roads and meandering streams before I really picked it back up fully and began um, holding space um, where I was actually consciously saying, let's do this, let me, let me teach you these songs, let's sing together. But one of it, I find this is often the case with people when they 
facilitate or bring some work uh, to, to the world, it's often because it's what you want yourself. And I think for me, what connects me to it and makes it a passion is that it was something I longed for because one of my favorite things to do is to free fall harmonize. And mm -hmm. of course, I've now created spaces and and places where I can free fall harmonize till my heart's content with people who are getting something from that in terms of their own journey with discovering how much they love to sing. Um, and I have such a, a wide range of people in experience terms, you know, people who say I've, they, they've never sung in public, um, people who say they were told at a quite young age that they were terrible singers, you know. So healing really does come into it, but that that's only one part of the story, but that would be probably one of the ways that you discovered I exist, really, you know. Mm because that's one of the things that I put out there and, and is known, you know, in this local area especially. But that's really where it came from was that I, I, you could almost say I can't not do it. So I had to find a way to do it. This wasn't necessarily a conscious thought pattern. It was more of a life lived, but I had to find a way to do it that served this um, longing in me to be in that realm. I, I very deliberately call it a realm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's what really led to sound hoppers, but sound hoppers also came from those early days of working with children, because I also discovered that I had a great gift for just being with young people and letting them create. So from there, I've done lots of music workshops in schools and preschool groups and, you know, focused on singing sometimes, but sometimes percussion. But I've also worked with special needs groups and, and very specifically groups of children that are not coping with school, where I've been brought in as a therapist to work with them. I've had amazing um, feedback from that very moving moments where, you know, classroom assistants and teachers alike have been absolutely blown away by what they've seen happen to these children when they're held in a space where they can be creative. Now, you do many things. There are different ways that, and different aspects of your work, Ruth. Mm. But the first one, let's, let's look at that, a sound and music therapist. Mm -hmm. For people out there who are not familiar with it, and it, it, it's such a huge subject, I know. Yeah, yeah. But in simplistic forms, yeah. how would you put that in a couple of sentences? Well, you, you may or may not be aware that we're all vibrating beings. We, we, we vibrate, you know, um, and so I, I know that's a kind of a big kind of word that can almost have possibly sort of woo-woo type connotations, but all I'm ever really doing is getting into sync with 
another's vibration or a group of people's vibration, I don't think about it very much. It's not up in the head. It's much more in the body and in the feel. What is needed now? What is needed now? You know? And all of these different instruments I have are, in a way, the words. Because if you take something out of the head, you also remove the thinking mechanism, which sometimes creates real blocks for us as human beings, as you probably know. Mm. You take it into another place where it can be actually felt that the, the experience can be much more, um, what's the word, organic, somatic. So a person might not know or be able to explain what happened to them, but they know that they feel different and they feel better. Music plays a large part in so many of our lives. Mm. And it has the ability to change lives. Mm. That is something that you as the expert, of course, are aware of. But I think we all have that inner song that... Even when people say, oh, I'm such a rubbish singer or I only Mm. sing in the shower. But when, as soon as you ask somebody, whenever I ask people, but do you sing? If we're talking about music or anything, oh, you know, I'm not really good. And Mm. their eyes twinkle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And someone once said, and I can't remember who it was. If you were to ask anyone on the planet, what would you like to do? If we were really honest, we'd all say we'd be singers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, and there is that sort of, you know, there's this divine symphony that seems to be emanating all around us and then yeah. within yeah. us. And Completely. that's the beauty. And I think your work is so beautiful in that you can connect people primarily is it to the source of their own soul is it to the soul of the world yeah absolutely absolutely I I I, when I was listening to you just now um Mm. something that maybe I've never really completely put into words or probably have but can't remember specifically when but I actually think that we all come from song you know Mm. we come from a, a chord um a yeah a symphony of of sorts a a a note and so I think that that's all it when you when you break it down it's actually very simple what I'm doing um even though if you start putting it into words it might not seem so it is because I am helping people to connect with that source of their song yeah, that's it. How, how wonderful. What a mm. job. It's not even a job. It's <laughs> a, a privilege. It's a calling, fact. I believe. Yes. Yeah, it's a calling because I'm incorrigible when it comes to this. I never get tired of it. I never, I, I just, I am incorrigible. I, when I'm fired up and I'm in the in the zone, um, whether that be as a musician doing, you know, banging drums and 
singing my heart out with the trance journeys and stuff like that, or whether it be running my singing groups or working with a group of children, I am completely without, it's like a a person with Duracell batteries, you know, um, I just have so much energy for it. <laughs> it is, it's, it's uh, something that is, in fact, like an effervescence of spirit. Yeah, that yeah. You can't really, once you shake the bottle, so to speak, once you shake <laughs> a person in, it, in, in their entirety, yeah. so you're moving that person, we could only imagine, uh, and beyond imagination, in fact, of mm. what we would be capable of to be stirred in such a way I if agree. we could, yeah. you know, tap into that on a momentary basis, you know, mm. yeah. to realize that, as you said, we are vibrating on this huge level of existence. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, isn't it? The story of song and singing, how without going into it in a big way, but that whole journey of humanity where, um, you know, once upon a time singing in community would have been, in, certainly in ancient times, I think it might even been the first ways of communicating before talking. I think it might have been, you know. But then we moved from the tribal and the coming together and the storytelling, we moved further and further away from that into more uh, it being in churches and places of worship and maybe some rules around that. We sing now, we don't sing now, we sing now, we don't sing now. And then possibly in schools, but that sort of broke down a little bit over the last 20, 30 years, I believe. And so we have actually then moved into this pop star vibration of what singing, being a singer means, what with all the, you know, make me a star versions of that in reality TV and stuff like that. And I want to be famous, you know? Yes. And, and so in many ways, we've, we've moved further and further away <clears throat> from the simple journey of being together and singing for the love of it. And that is what brings up that effervescent, sparkling, um, oscillating, vibrational part of ourselves that thrives. It just thrives because it, as far as I'm concerned, that is life. Absolutely. Yeah. So it is interesting what's happened and you know, only recently I was listening to a talk about singing and one of the things that I discovered was that singing in groups, um, specifically singing in groups, um, raises the cannabinoids in, in, the, <clears throat> in the body <clears throat> by 40% in just 30 minutes of singing. You know, that's a study that was done. At, I think it was Nottingham University, but don't quote me on that, but... There, were, there have been a number of studies made, and I, you may even know yourself, but it can help with pain relief, obviously mm. with stress. It can help with dementia. It can help with stroke victims. It's amazing how many parts of the brain are fed by singing. You know? It's true. My friend, she had um, her father, and he had dementia. He had dementia yeah. for many, many years, and... Mm. Prior to 
succumbing to the illness, he was very much into music like she is. Yeah. And, and she's a singer and he would sing and dance. And mm -hmm. actually that is one of the last things that I don't think it left him. Yeah. But he would respond. Yeah. If yeah. he would play the music. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could forget all the words to everything on the planet. Yeah. But he could remember the words of his favorite song. Yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? Just so beautiful. Yeah. It's mm. remarkable. And, and mm. to see that. And, and then you often think, well, there's the secret of life. Yeah. Yeah. There it is, right in front of you, that mm -hmm. someone to the world seemingly is asleep yeah. with illness or whatever yeah. the condition of humanity is. Mm -hmm. And then you can put this music on mm -hmm. and sing. And there is life yeah. living. Life is living itself in front of your eyes. Yeah, that's beautifully put and very true. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a gift that we don't remember that sometimes, you know, especially in these few years that have passed, I think music has got a lot of people through some yeah. very dark times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. And Ruth, tell me, when you have these groups and I know that you also do shamanic trance and yeah. sound journeys. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Lovely. Um, I'll have to stop myself because I'll just go on and on. <laughs> just go on and on. Um, <laughs> well, I work with, I, I work with, I work with two other people in that particular realm. I do do it just on my own sometimes, but I, I much prefer when I'm collaborating actually, because it gives me absolute license to go wherever I need to go with the drum and I will call it channeling. Yeah. For the, for the mm -hmm. sake of any other word that I could find that would explain it, channeling is the best one to explain it. So I am not engaged in thinking about what beats I'm playing, what set, what, what timing I'm playing and whether it's fast, slow, loud, soft, using lots of different instruments not just the drum and using my voice as an instrument what basically what we do is we work with groups of people so it we've got a weekend at the end of march for instance and they'll be it will be fully booked i can pretty much guarantee and for two days and one evening the people coming together and they and they dance um, but the difference between this particular dance and what you would call dancing as in going somewhere and dancing in groups is that they're paired and they and and the person who is dancing or doing the trance dance is blindfolded. Oh and they have a, yeah, and they have a person supporting them so that they are safe. Yeah. Mm. And so the dance might take between 35-40 minutes, but it's kind of high-powered drumming. I have another musician, Paul, who I work with in this. And um, and we journey, we I sometimes say to people, we ride the spirit horse <laughs> because that's what it that's what it is. We are riding the horse and we're allowing the the dance to take us where we need to go as musicians. And the dancers get the benefit of going almost like beyond body in their 
um, experience of themselves. So their bodies are moving most of the time. They might not be, they might be lying down. So we'd still call that they're in the dance, yeah? Mm. But their bodies will be free in a way that uh, you can't associate with our our usual um, description of dancing together, you know? Yeah. Because there isn't any self-consciousness for a start because you've put a blindfold on. You don't really know what anyone, you don't know if anyone's looking at you and you just don't care anymore. So it's freedom of expression. And I can honestly say, and I honestly cannot stress that this is not an exaggeration here, that I have witnessed experiences for people and breakthroughs for people that it potentially could cost, take them six months to achieve with counseling you know Mm. i've seen people come in like one person and leave as another just in a couple of days of working in this way you know it's so so powerful and their um their sort of enlightened uh not with a capital E that but their enlightened experience of themselves goes on and on after that it's not you know you close the door and the workshop finishes and they all go home and it's like oh where am I that continues because I've had so much feedback about how that's worked for people you know Mm, mm. so yeah it's really profound I've been I've been sort of doing this for about four or five years now but I'm so passionate about it because it's a, honestly, it's a true honor to witness this. That, as much as I love it because I get to be a musician and, and really go wild, I also love it because it's so humbling to witness people that were quite stuck, actually, um, transform something within themselves, transform their own personal story just through releasing what got stuck in the body. So it it does marry up with the singing thing because I think that the singing thing releases things that got stuck in the body too. But the the trance dance is like a, a really, almost like you could say a concentration, a real big concentrated uh, pill. <laughs> around that and and so you take the pill you begin the journey two days later it's like it's medicine it's basically medicine for people really it's incredible because you're right if you find the right thing it can be in the fragment of a moment that you can have an awakening yeah exactly Mm. yeah we tend to think oh I've got such a big journey I mean we all do this you know everybody's got something or many things Mm. that are are, are stuck in them or they're old old haunting stories about you know something that got wounded in early life we all have wounds there's nobody on this earth that doesn't have any but we actually when we come together in community and trust and there is a, a an actual 
um, presence of love, acceptance, and, and, and all the things that go with being in community, then it can be literally a, a, a momentary breakthrough that, that we can, in ordinary life, we can think, oh, I've got such a long way to go with this. Oh, you know, yeah. I could do with getting some psychotherapy. Oh, I could do with finding someone who could really help me on this journey. And I'm not um, negating that journey for some people. I'm just saying that I have experienced and witnessed over and over and over in this last five, six years, another way that is truly breathtaking, you know? And nothing will sway me from it now. <laughs> it's what I do, you know, because mm. I know it works. I know it works. So I, I do. I work. We do journey around the wheel weekends. Where I work with a man called Leo Rutherford, a beautiful um, elder, uh -huh. and I also work with the other musician Paul. But I'm completely uh, committed to that, alongside my own personal work that I do in, you know in everything to do with music and sound because it it has it's it's just it's blown me away multiple times now just seeing how um how much can be achieved for want of a better word in terms of healing yeah and I suppose when one feels it and one experiences what you have experienced yeah. and you know beyond all doubt yeah. that this is the fundamental truth there is a certain passion a yeah. certain vigor yeah. that you can't and don't want to tame that because no. it is as you said it is the stallion that gallops <laughs> you know <laughs> along the beach through the woodlands it's it's yeah. Yeah. liberation on a yeah many round front isn't it yeah. it's also like a pegasus of sorts yes fly as well mm. and um and if you just think of the imagery that comes up for us both when you say that and I say that it's mm. so magical and I suppose one of the things that makes me irrepressible <laughs> when it comes to this this whole story is because of how much it's healed me indeed to be yes. free to, to be free to be that you think about it think about what what conjures up in your mind when you think about let's say an african tribe um together in song and dance what can you see with that you can see smiles you can see yeah. laughter, you can see joy. Well, Exhilaration. Well, we can all have that. Mm. We just happen to live in a culture, I guess, and uh, a, a society, a, a, a time where it's, it, it's almost like you have to go to special places to, to dance and to sing and to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But in a, in a kind of old more indigenous tribal sense you don't have to go somewhere it's there all the time there's a song for everything 
there's a song and there's a, and there's a dance for everything mm. everything will be marked by a song and a dance and a drum being beaten or a, you know or a, or a singing bowl being you know it's just everything mm. will be marked by sound and and the body being joining in with that sound it's it's the most natural thing in the world and that's why riding that horse for me has freed uh has un untethered all those things that my uh my life on this earth so far had limited me by and it takes a certain type of courage also to be able to have that joy around, as you say, quite a lot of things in the Western world are quite oppressive. Mm. And even to be joyful is a huge act of bravery sometimes. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and I know I've spoken to somebody else about this before on the podcast when we were talking about freedoms, such as we are. And mm. I remember being in Alexandria in Egypt, and there were dervishes, and they were playing yeah. drums. Yeah, and they were um, in a trance, mm. literally, and they were chanting. And mm. we were walking the streets of Alexandria, and you know, wow. Egypt, you know what it's like. It, it, it's somewhere that if you've never been it, it's a place that you can go and it's as if you've been everywhere it's yeah, it's yeah. extraordinarily beautiful and mystical so we were walking and I saw these dervishes but first I heard them and it was around yeah. the whole yeah. holy shrine and I heard the drums and that was the first thing because I loved the sound of drums and I heard the drums and I heard the chanting and I looked at them and they were real dervishes I don't know from what realm they had just arrived from because um you know they were dressed in multicolored, but they didn't look from this world so Mm. I was then enchanted by the whole thing and they were dancing and then people were coming around and were mesmerized by them and I wanted to run away with them (laughs) and in that moment and I remember my friend pulling me and I was really sort of upset I thought this, mm. this is real. Mm. These people are real. This is what truth and joy and love and yeah. everything harmony is about. Yeah. And it's moments like that when you think, but you can do that anywhere. Mm. Yeah. You know, you can be with people that are on your same level of mm. being anywhere if, yeah. if only we would let go sometimes that mm. you know we don't have to keep this stiff upper lip we don't have to be so constricted and controlled mm. in our emotions but mm. just let go yeah yeah well this is what I suppose one of the paths that you know we all whether we like it or not, because of the times that we're living in and the and the kind of culture that we are surrounded by, it's one of the paths that we are all being, um, you know, challenged to take um, is to find that uh, 
that part of ourselves that's got the courage um, to to uh, be in or seek out opportunities to to experience that you know like what you described and you know with beautiful beautiful uh, a very old ancient shamanic practice but what you described also was something that you saw when you were traveling and you were on holiday and then you came home you know mm. and and so what our biggest challenge is is to find a way to embody stuff like this in our lives without having to stop start stop start and that's a big challenge you know because in in many senses we are surrounded like you said earlier by by an atmospheres for want of a better word and vibrations that are far from joyful you know mm. Mm. and um and, and 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 you know there are good reasons why that's the case. I'm not, you know, being a, a, a whatever you want to call it, a re- reality denier. There are big reasons why that's the case. But it, we do have a responsibility to a certain extent to find our bliss and to follow it, don't we? We must. Yeah, we must. Otherwise, why have we been given this life, this humongous gift? Yeah. And yeah. unless it was to be lived. Mm, yeah. And okay. for those people that are in some way unable to live their life for whatever the circumstances, yeah. because everybody has different circumstances, yeah. but we can help each other. I think this is the thing that we're not meant to be far away from each other we're meant to be together and to be in unity I know that I've spent a lot of time in my life with tribal people and also with Bedouins and Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter we were stuck in the desert once and we had to stay there overnight because Mm -hmm. there was no transport and we couldn't get back and we spent the night with Bedouins who it was the most amazing experience along the Silk Road where, you know, they were drumming as well. Yeah, lovely. You know, and in, mm. we were welcome into that nurturing environment mm. of yeah. their life. Yeah. And it didn't matter that we were stuck in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and it was midnight. The point was we found a safe haven. Yeah, yeah. In the simplest, you know, like you said, uh, it's so simple in the simplest right of ways I think this is one of the reasons that children are such good teachers for us because yeah children find it very easy in their bodies as well as in you know in their in in their communications they find it very easy you know that children do really goofy things with their bodies don't they it's so wonderful you know you can watch a child who's just free and and doing what you might call rather strange things with their body just for experiment and for fun you know yeah somewhere along the line um through self-consciousness really we lose that freedom and I guess one of our responsibilities is to find it again (laughs) you know to find that that I suppose that's why I love uh, everything I said earlier about my the work that I do with the trance I mean sometimes I'm so hesitant to use that word trance because it can have such interesting and not always good connotations in modern speak 
Mm. Um, and but and, you know it can also be called ecstatic dance but then again I still feel the same connotations and I can I can be very hesitant <laughs> yeah but, I understand um, why yeah but 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 because it's not it's not affiliated with one of the modern ideas of what trance means that's why I'm hesitant but but when I see people really expressing themselves with joy or even expressing their pain freely yeah mm. just freely expressing their pain how many people do you ever see do that unless it's you know sort of aggressively and violently and I'm not talking aggression aggression and violence I'm talking release you know and that's why children are the great teachers because when a child has a big moment whether it be in a positive sense laughing and joy or painfully by sort of sobbing and throwing their bodies down they don't hold back true and but we get we get all the lessons as we get older in the self-consciousness that make us see everything that we might do in front of other people is possibly inappropriate you know and somehow rather we've we've got very stiff and in that stiffness stiffness of mind stiffness of body even for some people, stiffness of heart, yeah? Yeah. We then become sick. And one of the things that I know the, the work that I do has the capacity to do is to help people to find ways to make themselves well by freeing up all those things. And that's also why I love working with children because it's, for me, it's easy. There's nothing easier than being with a group of children that want to get creative. You know? Yes, there's a lot to be learned from them. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. In their ability to be free and to express themselves without the fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. But as we get older, of mm. course, that all, all comes into play. But if we could sort of get back to loving that mm. childlike essence within us that is always there. Yeah. And we all grow up in a way, but mm. in some ways we don't also. It's a yeah. strange thing because I still think, and I, I, this probably isn't true, but I still think, Ruth, that I think like I did when I was five. Yeah, yeah. Because that's no different mm. to what I'm thinking now. So the, I suppose the presence of our soul is limitless and ageless. Mm. And I think our soul doesn't have an age. Mm. No, of course not. No. It, that's the wonderful thing, isn't it? You know, we, we, what we get to do, if we, if we really want to, is we get to it's like a big circle we get to go back to the beautiful magical child that we are if we want to there's only thing stopping us from doing that is us there's no one else standing in the way very true and do you find that the people that you most like to be around for me this is true I don't know um, are the people that allow you 
to be childlike in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're the most fun people. Yeah. yeah. Well, for years I worked, um, I don't, I no longer do. I just, you know, I, I focus on this work now. But for years I worked with people who had profound uh, learning difficulties, including um, a lot of physical uh, difficulties because they were born, uh, well, they had cerebral palsy and they basically... It was like life-limiting conditions, quite quite extreme. And none of them could barely talk. And some of them uh, had incredibly limited sight. Um, they all had good hearing, um, but they also physically could do very little or almost nothing for themselves, yeah? So we're talking quite extreme. Mm -hmm. I had some of my most free, goofy, experiences of myself while I did that work and that was because um, I was in an environment where it was positively encouraged because it made them laugh and I loved making them laugh you know mm -hmm. so whether it was through music or whether it was just through goofing around and telling jokes and being silly just being silly yes you know? I, I, I know that I learn so much from working with those people who, by normal standards, you would say, well, what was really going on there? Well, you know, they couldn't talk, they couldn't this, they couldn't this, they couldn't that. A lot of couldn'ts. And yet, they were closer to joy than many, many people that have got all their abilities intact. Isn't that That's, interesting? That is very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting because what we see with these eyes, the human eyes, is not really the truth, I don't believe. No, no it's not. Is it? it? It's something, a far deeper knowledge yeah. on a far deeper level that these people have. Yeah, I used to feel sometimes, and I used to get so emotional when I was doing that work, often, you know, but in such a humbled, profound way, you know, and, but I used to so often see them more as souls, that, that I, that I was being given great education and lessons and uh, roads of discovery around what soul presence is through these people that's that's how what the experience was like i've always said to other people when i've spoken of that work in time since and during you could go to university and you could be there for uh weeks um, sorry years years you know doing mm -hmm. intense intense study but I can tell you, um, you wouldn't touch upon, no matter how many books you read and how many, you know, lectures you sat through, you wouldn't touch upon the lessons that were available by being in the presence and working deeply with people such as that, you know? I totally agree. And I totally understand, yeah. Ruth. I had um, a story where I was traveling a lot and. I remember I had a friend who was a physiotherapist and she said to me, there is a young boy that I would like you 
to take over from me because I can't do the work. Mm. And um, I didn't really know what I could do because he was only five at the time and he couldn't walk. Yeah, He had no ability to walk, but he was such a special child. And I said, well, I don't really know what I can do. And she said, well, you know, I've been told um, that you really need to take over because there's nothing really I can do. And I said, well, I can't help him to walk. She said, no, I don't think that's the point. So I took over and we worked with him every day Mm. um, for about three months. And I remember looking at him and thinking, what is it? You know, what have you got to teach me? What have I got to teach you? And he had lost, even though he was five, you could tell he was uh, an old soul. That's for sure. You know, you you just know. And he looked at me and I thought, right, this child needs to learn to live. doesn't matter that he can't walk. Mm. The point is he needs to learn to live. So I had a few of my friends and every day we would have, we called it the magic carpet Mm. and we'd put him on the magic carpet. His mum was there and his older brother Mm. and it was very, very hot where we were Mm. and we would squirt him with water Mm. and he would scream and scream and scream Mm. and scream. And then suddenly he would laugh hysterically. Mm. And we did this every day. And I remember one day not feeling so good and he was sad. Mm. So I went to him and I said, come and sit on your magic carpet. And he'd sit on the magic carpet and he touched my hand mm. and I was crying. And I said to his mum, what does he want to say? And then she asked, say, you know, say to Mimi what you want to say. He said, you're sad. Mm. And it brings tears to my eyes now because I think he understood. Yeah. Yeah. He understood everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew also when it was time to go because they had to leave, they had to go back to their own country yeah. and he was sad and he was angry. And mm. I said, you're sad. He said, yes. Mm. I said, why? He said, I'm leaving you. Mm. I said, no, whenever you need me, just mm. close your eyes and you can think of me and you mm. can think of your carpet and you can think of us. Mm. And I speak to his mom and he is now 14 mm. and he's finished his schooling and he's going to have private lessons and he's living his life. Yeah. Yeah. And he taught me so much where I was thinking, well, how can I help him? But in fact, it was also him helping me. Mm. Yeah. I totally understand. You must have learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really um, profound learning curve for me. And I'll always be grateful for it. Yeah, always. And did it give you a subtleness, Ruth, of understanding on a level that is beyond the human emotion and feeling yeah yeah absolutely uh, i i i learned i learned so much about patience you see and about 
being able to just observe in a way it was like they showed me how to do that because they were patient and they knew how to observe so it was very much a reflective experience you know and I, I learned how to accept um accept things in a in a completely new way it's quite difficult to word though but I saw that happening over time that because it you you can tap into really great sources of, of gratitude when you're around people who could just whinge all the time because of what happened to them you know mm. and yet they don't <laughs> they don't at all yeah I, I just being around that and and constantly um, using my imagination, I suppose you could say, to find ways of of making their days as good as I could was a great, just the greatest teacher. But I've found that so much over my years, really, um, doing sort of one to one music therapy with people who have you know severe difficulties or autism things like that I've always found that to be the way that I get just as much from it as they do always I suppose that's one of the reasons going back to what we were saying much earlier on in this conversation that when you're in your bliss everything that you do to do with it feeds you back the people yeah. say sometimes people have said to me oh you know especially when I'm doing the trance work they say Oh my God, where do you get the energy? Why are you not lying on the floor exhausted? And, and it's the opposite for me because it's like I'm getting topped up all the time. I'm getting my energy field topped up and invigorated by doing what I love. Well, it's the same thing with working, you know, in one-to-one with people in profound, in profound need something in me gets topped up by serving that I actually think that's all it comes down to it's not complicated you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being in service somehow that is the payment <laughs> if you like yes that's the energetic payment is that you become fed by the very wonderful thing that you give out yeah that's a beautiful way to put it. And I, I totally agree with you. And I suppose it is like that well-known saying, all that I gave, I yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. And frequency. Mm. You are, I suppose, swimming in that frequency of different people is Mm. that what it's like Ruth when you have a patient or a client or a group of people is it that you are in a way diving into their frequency or is it a mutual recognition and exchange that's a really good question I think it's the mutual Mm. but it's a really good question and I often find myself for instance, if I have a one-to-one session, and I, I, some, I, I quite often, less so lately, but I do Reiki and Gong sessions on a one-to-one basis, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I always find it amazing how incredible I feel afterwards. And um, 
it's it's like a kind of you know you know that thing where you think why didn't I why don't I remember that you know when when you have an experience and you say oh wow and then you go how come I don't remember that every time I don't remember that that's the outcome <laughs> um hmm. it's it's almost yeah it's, I just find it it amuses me that that happens but I think that it's the mutual field that is generated between you that you experience. So somebody comes to you that you don't know, you've never met before, and they're with you for an hour or an hour and a half, whatever it might be. Mm. And then they leave and you might have had a bit of a chat, but you don't, you still haven't really got to know them. Yeah. Mm. To know, know them. But you are affected so much by this experience of being in that. I do think it's a field of, of being that you both are suspended in. And so I can't be, I don't get tired by it, by that experience. The same with the dance work and blah, 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 blah. I don't get tired by it because I um I'm topped up by the experience of being in that field. Yeah. Yes, because that's coming from a eternal source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the a universal, all-pervading um, energetic realm. Yeah, that's where, where it comes from, and and that's what that's what feels so enriching and. Uh, it's, it's almost like fizzy, you know? Yes. It's like everything suddenly feels more shiny and yes, yes. And, and clear. <laughs> and, and it's like that. It's, it would be the same thing that you might achieve if you went into a really deep med- meditation. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or when you're standing, for example, by a waterfall. Yeah. And yeah. you have that, there is that sound and you yeah. have the splashes of water, which... Yeah is music yeah and you think wow what is this that Mm. I'm suddenly part of this waterfall Mm. of feeling and it's not just feeling it's feelings of here and there and passing like birds that fly past in the night sometimes but this is actually a whole journey within a blink of an eye yeah yeah isn't it yeah it's incredible. It is. And I want to ask you, when you're talking to people and when you meet people, this is something I wanted to ask you, and you see them, but are you really seeing them or are you more feeling them or hearing them? Hmm. Great questions. <laughs> um, I think I'm more feeling them. When I work, I mean, I, it's something to do with a deeper listening. I think that's what it is. So you can hear the words, but you could, I, I feel like I do something beyond hearing the words. Yeah. Mm. Um, so when I work with Leo, I will be sitting in a circle and some really profound things have been shared and some people have had a bit of an emotional moment and some people have needed to share something that's you know affected blah 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 and there's something that I I recognize in myself during those times that on some levels it might look or 
it seem that I've tuned out mm. but I haven't I've tuned in in a in a using a different part of myself so that I can sense what else is in the room when a person is speaking does that is that answer yes that's question? what I wanted to know yes yes yes, yes. that's mm. that's what happens but the how-tos of that is another matter altogether, but it's something that I, I'm aware of. Because when people are listening, I had somebody, um, Dr. Voice, and he is a singing teacher, and he, on the podcast, Anthony Wade, and he's fantastic as well. And... Um, he was talking about the voice and the breath and everything that goes hand in hand. Yeah. And I said to him, I can tell by a person's voice whether I'm going to get on with them or not. <laughs> oh, that's funny because I, I get a lot of the voice as well. Yeah, go on. Yeah. And um, I remember him saying, but he, he, saying to me something, which was interesting. And he said, you know, don't be fooled by that. And I said, no, <laughs> I can say to you, definitely, if I like a person's voice, I'm going to like them. If the voice makes me feel uncomfortable, mm. I'm just not going to get along with them. Mm. And I wonder how much of that we're actually doing every day in life. You know, when you meet people and you just suddenly have this affinity, you're going yeah. to get on. That's yeah. it. You know, you could only have a five-minute conversation or look at their face and you think, yeah. I like you. Yeah. And some other people you think, oh, I don't really know what this is about, but okay, let's let's do it. Um, yeah. Well, it's resonating vibrations. So you're both resonating something that, you know, it could be, it could quite simply be that you have something to teach one another, of course. Mm. But it could also be um, that there is love present, you know, yeah. very, very quickly and inexplicably. Um, and I, I agree with you that, that the voice, you know, because the voice is the vibration of the body, isn't it? It's yes. air, air and matter joined together that make the voice, you know. And so... Um, an awful lot can be conveyed, whether someone's uptight, whether somebody's um, uh, kind, whether somebody's, you know, it, it's really quite incredible what can be conveyed. I always used to have this jokey uh, little kind of thing with my girlfriends, um, which would be, oh, I find it, I used to say to them, I find it really funny, you know, that lots of people have a thing that they look for in a potential partner or whatever. And they, you know, with women, they quite often say, oh, as long as he's got this and he's, as long as he's got this, you know? Yeah, yeah. That whole thing that people have like a tick list. <laughs> and I said, for me, there's only two things that count and it's the voice and the eyes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. But the eyes are the window to the soul and the voice is the vibration. So it's kind of obvious for me now. I'd, when I used to say that before, I maybe didn't ever really understand fully what I was saying. But now mm -hmm. I, I totally get why I would say that. Now you understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because those are the two places in a person's being 
that I can I can let myself be in trust of my own response. That that's something that is a learned thing that takes many years to learn. But now being able to trust my own response, which is tapping into what you said a little while ago, what is that that happens where you just know right away? Well, that's something to do with with the the intuitive you know mechanism in you that says yeah I recognize this and I feel good with it some people hide from that and (laughs) they hide but others also invite you into their world with their voice it's like I was I have to say to the listeners I was speaking to Ruth earlier and her voice for me is like a fairy tale because it gives me a whole story about her that I can actually see and feel. And some people allow that. You have allowed that. But a lot of people close that off. Yeah, that's that and tightness. That, yes. That, yeah. And it's actually most likely fear-based, you know, mm. because fear of being seen and fear of somebody accessing those deeper areas um, that that can create great tension in a person. But going back to everything I was saying earlier about our wellness, that is one of the things that can lead to sickness and un- and unwellness. You know, so it's everybody's on their journey. We have to recognise that. But, but a person who finds that tightness in themselves and doesn't want, you know, it, it's not a natural state, yeah? Mm, mm. Not really, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not natural. Yeah, it it's unnatural. Have, yeah, it doesn't mean I can't have compassion for someone who is stuck in that way. Mm. But I, of course I can because I know how painful that is, but... Um, but I also can recognise that it's something that needs help with, <laughs> you know. I had a, um, I think you'll find this interesting. Yesterday I had a delivery and um, the gentleman that came in and he said, hello, how are you? And people just say that. But I actually, mm. I felt from his voice that he actually meant it. And I had a red coat <laughs> on. I had a red coat on and um, I said, I'm fine. And then I said, no, actually, I'm not. Um, I've had a few issues um, with practical white goods. I'm not going to mention it because I've mentioned it before. (laughs) Yes. And um, he said, oh, I said, why? Why do you ask? And he said, because I thought so. I said, how did you know that? He said, I don't know. So. I then said to him, how are you? And he Mm. said, do you really want to know? (laughs) And I said, actually, I do. Mm. He said, I'm not so good. I said, why is that? And he said, he continued on to say that he'd had found out that he'd had a patch on the brain and um, he was still working, but he had turned his life around. And Mm. he said that he knew, so this is interesting, he said, And when you asked me, he said, how are you? He said, I actually knew that you really wanted to know. Wow. Yeah. And I was really taken aback by that. And I said, and I felt the same. 
I said, mm. I actually felt the same. He said, why are you wearing a red coat? And it was like something a five-year-old would say. And I said, I love it. Yeah. And he said, why are you wearing a red coat? I said, why am I wearing a red coat? I said, you tell me why. And he was like sort of <laughs> rubbish at ages, but maybe he was 55. I'm rubbish at ages. And yeah. he said, why are you wearing a red coat? I said, why am I wearing You tell me. He said, to cheer yourself up. I said, exactly. Oh. And he said, I'm going to go and buy a red coat. I said, are you? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have little spots on them. I said, what, like a clown? He said, yes. He said, because I was really miserable, he said. And then I saw your red coat and it's put me in a good mood for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, isn't it? I love, I love people that ask direct questions like that. Yes. I really enjoy that. So it's the surprise of it, you know, it's like, oh, I just love that. Yeah. It it is wonderful. And those moments sometimes can be rare. But I think that sometimes if we are open as people, as, you know, souls, as beings, whatever we are, people feel it, don't they? Yeah, I think it's, it's something to do with being in a state of wonder and, uh, I remember uh, somebody saying to me a long time ago that um, to be startled uh, and in the best sense of what that means, you know, to be literally agape a, a with wonder at something mm. in a constant sense is just such a beautiful way of being, which is what I guess you could say children are a lot of yes. the time, you know, they're just like, oh, what's that? Wow, look at that. And and I don't just mean with I don't even just mean with the eyes. I I mean in all ways, you know, and and in a way that's what he was showing a part of that in himself, really saying I'm intrigued, you know. Yes. Why are you wearing a red right coat? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that we this is the invitation I suppose we can give to ourselves every day of our lives to be that person that someone encounters. You know, wherever we are, to be that person that someone encounters that might say, um, why are you wearing the red coat? <laughs> yes. Or, or the person that might say, how are you? And genuinely mean it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is the glory of life, I think, Ruth, yes. where you yes. can actually, for that moment, and it was literally, you know, three or four minutes, but we exchanged something that you know lasted even now look I'm talking about it now that sort of reminded me again once again that you never know who anyone is I always say this you absolutely don't know um you know as one of my favorite sayings as a child that my teacher said to me and I hope I get this right is you've probably heard it is be careful to entertain strangers because many have entertained angels unaware. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember who actually said that, but um, I I, I used to go around as a child thinking, is that person an angel? Is that person an angel? (laughs) And you, you know, it's that, as you said, the state of wonderment. Yeah. Especially when you get given an opportunity to help someone who, um, in an, a completely unexpected way. Yes. I often feel that they are, you know, angels. Um, 
and especially if at the time you're there's a little bit of a weird question in you shall I or shan't I you know Mm. um and 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 then something in you some willingness in you says of course you know um I think that that is an encounter I sense it as an encounter you know Mm. it's something a force at least whether we want to call it angelic elemental what we whatever we want to call it a force that isn't ordinary and everyday that's sort of just not like a test but but more like a an opportunity for us to mingle with another an other form of life you know yeah I love that that uh, it's good to be reminded actually of that saying that you just um yeah yeah it, it's something that I always think of so whenever I see somebody even to this day yeah hmm yeah who are you yeah because you just don't know you no. really don't know who anyone is who they're connected to who is behind them no. and that is the incredible adventure and mystery that alights upon every life and yeah we just have to be reminded sometimes Mm, totally we do yeah beautiful it's been an absolute delight to have you here thank you i've really enjoyed chatting with you me too i could talk and talk and talk and oh my goodness and drink tea and have stories (laughs) (laughs) hear all your magical and wonderful stories but firstly let me just ask where can people find out about what you do and about your work where's the best place for them to okay. go to um okay good i i i'll uh, let me think okay so i obviously do have a website or maybe that's not obvious soundhoppers.co.uk mm-hmm. is my website it's not the most i'm not going to say it's not up to date but it really needs a bit of an update rejig even a rebuild but it's for now it's an information place it's got Mm -hmm. it it takes people at least to contact details for me you know via my email address or my phone number and it also has links to Facebook and I'm not sure if it's got Instagram on there but I have an Instagram account which is soundhoppers and also humming Ruth and on Facebook I'm soundhoppers or Ruth Humming Ford. So they're the easiest ways um, because in a in a world of social media dominance, uh, we might say right now, um, mm. that is one of the main ways that I get out to the general uh, public what I'm up to, where I'm running things, who I'm involved, you know, who I'm involved with work because I collaborate here and there. I do sound journeys at for someone who um, runs yoga classes, as I've already said, I work with Leo a lot and I, I've got other collaboration things up my sleeve at the moment. So they all end up being kind of broadcast, so to speak, on on, on their Facebook and Instagram mainly. Mm-hmm. And do you do one-to-one sessions as well? Yeah, Ruth? yeah I do. do. And I love I love group work and I love one-to-one so yeah that's the same through my website someone people can contact you yeah and yeah you know I'm happy sometimes to travel because it's not always easy for people I really recognize that I've got a place that I can work from but I also recognize and recently I I went to someone's to 
to um to do a, a session i've also done music therapy sessions one-to-one stuff in people's homes because not everybody you know we could even be talking about someone who's wheelchair bound or has yeah, a child. that's good to know yeah, yeah I, I i am okay with traveling in fact i love it if if i go to someone else's and the same with my work by the way i'm not uh let's say limited to uh, a 20 mile radius i actually quite enjoy i mean in two two or three weeks time i'm doing a dance day in um stourbridge in the midlands oh um, okay so I, I i and i'm also open to people saying to me can you run a dance day here in this area so i i like that part of my life actually where i get to sort of adventure about a little bit you know Excellent. Well, that's good to know that you're willing yeah. to travel and to meet yeah. people wherever yeah. they are. Yeah, I am. As we, as we finish off today, mm-hmm. Ruth, a couple of lines from you, some wise words of wisdom that have helped you in life. Okay, great. Um, learning to love myself. Finding the connection, finding the magic of community. Community is everything, actually, you know. Mm. Being being with others and sharing our stories. Absolutely music, absolutely, you know. I don't really know how I would be if I didn't have all the avenues of music and um and the people that have come into my life as a result of music yeah i'm very very uh, rich beyond words in that respect um and this kind of goes along with loving myself but it's it's falling back in love with life through realizing that trust that all that we need is available to us if we separate ourselves from this idea of there being sort of barriers you know um if we in if we open ourselves to the idea that magic happens it's like in the film i do believe in magic i do i do that that simple statement i've just made there is key beautiful you know just being being aware that magic does happen yeah and we are magic yeah yeah absolutely and uh, yes they're they're you know there's probably a hundred but that they're kind of they touch upon maybe you could say the, the 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 sort of bones of where I'm really coming from and what I try to encourage others to learn and and um, and grow within themselves as an ability to love yourself is such a healer. Yeah, such beautiful lines and such important words that. I'm sure will be felt amongst Mm. everyone who listens Mm. because it is the fundamental truth. Mm. And I think 
the secret of everything is this ability to love. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, if you can't, if it's a struggle to find it in yourself, one of the ways to help with that is to just be in nature because if we listen to birds and we watch nature and we and we get into that aspect of sort of fascination for the seasons and the uh, and and the you know the the wind and the the way things play out in nature that's part of the key i believe to beginning to love oneself yeah yes everything resides there yeah. in the natural world yeah. it gives us everything that we need mm. Yeah, it does. And it is part of who we are. And then we don't feel that separation, which leads to the not loving ourselves, is when we feel very separate, you know. Yes. And apart from uh, everything, yeah. So love, community, nature, love, community, nature. (laughs) Oh, what a nice feeling. Yeah. (laughs) What a lovely feeling. And I'm going to think of you, Ruth, now, as you travel upon your Pegasus... (laughs) Throughout the spheres, you know, I, I, what a, what a lovely thought. Mm, yeah, helping people along the way. Yeah, sprinkling musical notes wherever I go. Yes. Oh, <laughs> how wonderful! Thank you again, and please come back again, and maybe you could come and do some drumming and some musical things for us next time. Wonderful, wonderful. That Thank would be you so nice. So much, bit, uh, Mimi, for being such a, a kind and generous and encouraging voice. Thank you so much. Oh, a pleasure. And likewise, thank you for your beautiful presence, dear Ruth. Thank you. Ah, okay then. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ruth Humming Ford. Amazing power of music. Thank you for joining me as always. Until next time, stay in love and stay happy. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovic.co.uk.